Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to this week's Rugby Pod. I'm your host Andy Rowan. As usual, I'm joined by Big Jim and Goody. Thanks to Rugby Pass for their help with the pod. You can watch the show on rugbypass.com. And a massive thanks again to Australian swimwear company Budgie Smuggler. They've got a contest on in the UK at the moment as they search for the UK's most ordinary rig. Uh, The winner gets an open top bus celebration around London with 15 mates and lots of booze as well as a trip to Oz. The top three ordinary rigs will also get flown to Australia for the Ashes of Ordinary on October 27th this year. So some awesome prizes and you can enter by getting in a funny pic of you and your smugglers and tagging hashtag Budgie Smuggler and hashtag Ordinary Rig UK on social media. If you haven't got your smugglers then head to the UK website where there's overnight shipping. Uh, and the full competition details on there as well. Can we just confirm that that's an ordinary rig, Goody, not a shit rig? Oh, right. I thought... All right, no, no, so you don't go anywhere I'm in. The, win- the winner's right here. I'll tell you what, though. There were some shit rigs in Hong Kong, oh, weren't wasn't there? wasn't oh, We'll get to that shortly, actually. Okay. I've also got a, a next live show coming up next week at the Star and Garter in Putney. Uh, that one's already sold out, but we'll be doing another live show in London in May. Uh, so keep your eye out for that. Um, you can get your name on the waiting list at eventbrite.co.uk uh, and they'll let you know when the tickets go on sale as well. I don't want to talk about live shows right now. Uh, mate, I didn't realise we have one next week. My glands are up like testicles, so that's all I know. I How th- was it? Quiet. No comment. It was a quiet few days, eh? Hey? Yeah, mate just went there, spoke to a few people in a few boxes, you know, did the right ro- ro- we cor- corporate thing, then um, ate some dim sum, came home. We were working. The well, hang on, I'll go back there. Dim sum, the amount of food. I, I was on the Andy Good regime this week, and I feel like death today. I- I'm sure after day one, I've got the flu. Is it the flu? No, I think it's the air, what I th- is this? I think, I think it's the aircon on the plane on the way back. And the menthols. And the fact that we're swallowing 50 daggers every time you have a pint. Oh, my days. Made some new friends, though. Fellow global international superstars like my good self. So I was knocking about with Mills Mulliainer, John never, Smith. He'd never heard of you. John Smith knocking he- out about with him. Goody's knocking around with David Campese and David Lyon. The big fellas. The big fellas, that's it. So I've made, made friends with them. Stephen, Stephen Donald, Donald, the beaver. Be a good mate of mine, yeah. the beef. Hanging about with him. Catherine Spencer, friends with her as well. I, I just need to talk about this a little bit. Every time we met someone that was has got any rugby standing, Jim's like, do you know me? Are we friends? Friends. Even to the point of dropping it on Twitter. Embarrassing, Jim. That's what you can do. You're just do embarrassing yourself. When you're comfortable with it. How am I embarrassing? I got you into all the places in Hong Kong. What are you talking about, mate? You kept going home early. Yeah, I see what I've done there for Beck. Yeah, Did cheers. You? Thanks, mate. Yeah, I saw what you were after. Yeah, I, was, I was in bed by 10 o'clock every exactly. night. Exactly. Mate, but you would not have got into that village in Hong Kong without so, me. What happened at the village? Story goes, so we've done day two of the seven, the, so we, sa- the we, Saturday. We've done 40 pints. <laughs> we've done our boxes. We've done, you know, work for the Hong Kong Rugby Union. Amazing time. Started off early on in that day with Jim necking a two-pint pitcher in front of the South Stand. Uh, 11, 11 o'clock in the morning. That, that was breakfast right I there. I saw that. Those. Crowd was going wild. Loved it. Of course they were. Yeah. Yeah. So it was big it's Jim. Hamilton, you had your aviators on. Yeah, of yeah. course he did. And then we, we carry on throughout the night, or throughout the day, um, and seven, sevens finishes. I didn't watch one game. I watched the final. The final. That was it. That's, <laughs> that's how you do the sevens, isn't that it? Is how you well, do I, it. I didn't know that. Who's playing? No one cares. Absolutely not. Well, I saw Scotland beat England again. Oh, of course you did. Um, and then we go to this fan village thing where you basically can walk in. Anyone can get in there. It's like a fan zone, right? And Jim's like, Jim goes up to the door, flashes his VIP badge at them. He's like, 
Jim Hamilton, 63 caps, Scotland, three wins. I'm in, I'm in. And what, they, they, what they, did he say? They what did he say? They wouldn't let you in. They were like, never heard of you, never heard of you. Because it was the fucking exit to get out, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was absolutely steaming. And that's why I don't drink, Andy, right? That's why I don't drink, mate. Yeah. It's, uh, but we did meet some good people, mentioned the players there, but there was, a, there was a few lads there from the Marines, actually, that we wanted to give a shout out to. Yes. Go on. Yeah, so let, let's talk about what they were wearing. So oh. two of them, about, well, a bit smaller than me, six foot six, similar shape rigs, athletic, where they actually were wearing budgie smugglers. And they're walking around this village in the Hong Kong thing. They are ripped to smithereens. I'm like, guys, <laughs> fellow athletes, what, what are you doing? <laughs> fellow so athletes. got talking to them, absolutely steaming them in the, the Marines. And this one of them, it, well, Max Orban, we don't know, did this one of the best things I've ever seen. Budgie smugglers down by the ankles. He lost his downing race. That's so why he did it. Down. Yeah. Pants down. And he does a handstand, and I'm like, mate, this guy's incredible. Next thing, he goes into the crab, you know, like the backwards crab. And then he tries to flick himself back up. But his willy's hanging out everywhere. Well, I wouldn't say it was hanging out. <laughs> it wasn't a very big piece. Yeah, it was literally le champignon. Um, and then basically snacks it. But it's one of the best things I've ever seen. But he's kept telling me that Goody is a Webster. A Webster? So I, he wouldn't tell me what it was. I presume a Webster's like a shit fat bloke. That's what I think it was. He's like... Goody's a Webster. Tell him he's a Webster on the podcast. A Webster? I've never heard of it. I've never heard of Webster. But we'll give oh, him a yeah. shout out. The shout Marines. Out them. So we don't know yeah. what a Webster is. We so. don't know. We don't know. But they're so all if Marines. You're, if you're a Marine, let us know what a Webster is. It's probably a stealth killer. Yeah, it's probably what it is. Mate, it could be sniper stealth yeah, killer. I was going to say. So got loads of shout outs though. Hong Kong football club boys, rugby boys from the Hong Kong football club. Yeah, spent a couple of days with them in Hong Kong. We need, we're doing a live show in Hong Kong. We, we are huge. Want it, mate. We yeah. are huge in Hong Kong. I actually weren't that looking forward to going because last time I went there, I went in June, July, 190 degree heat, <laughs> and the Hong Kong expat police have taken me out. So I've gone out with them. Don't remember anything. I had a school visit half ten the next day. I'm walking around this school and I am dying. So they've got me a bottle of water, drank a bottle of water. Next thing, I've projectile vomited all over the playground. I've got food poisoning, <laughs> so I had to leave. So I've got, like, horrible memories. So you hear about the Hong Kong stuff, everyone's like, oh, you need to come, you need to come. And then we actually said... We're back every year. We, we love this place, but I'm not feeling like that now. Like, is it normal to be swallowing and feel like you've got <laughs> testicles in your throat or not? <laughs> and every, t- every time you drink water, you've got daggers. So get home. Not seeing the wife and kids. Beck's like, how was it? Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing, though. Well, we're now joined by uh, former Dragons number eight, Ed Jackson. Just before you guys uh, jetted off to Hong Kong, this guy was doing something pretty remarkable. Um, do you want to sort of give us a bit of background on, on what you got up to on the weekend, Ed? Yeah, hi, guys. Um, hey, I'm Jack. Oh, I'm dying. I'm uh, dying. What's going on? You still pescued, I think so, yes. yeah. I think so. <laughs> Jack, before <laughs> you... Carnage out there, <laughs> mate. Before you talk about what you did, mate, just have in the back of your mind what me and Goody went through was a lot harder. <laughs> this weekend. Yeah, I know you can get sponsors for that sort of stuff. Uh, how are you, pal? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. I'm just in the airport on the way up to Falcons actually to go and wax your statue and speak to the boys. Perfect, love it, mate. Yeah. Talk, talk to us. How was your weekend then? I saw on the social media with one eye open what you got up to. Well, this weekend we're celebrating because it's a week, uh, sorry, a year since. Um, I dove into the wrong wrong end of the swimming pool. But the weekend before that, we've been sort of planning climbing Snowden within a year of the accident, and we managed to do that. You know, the 70 people came up with us, um, just raising a load of money for Restart Rugby, who've been supporting me with my with my rehab. And how tough was that? I mean, the thought of me climbing Snowden right now, no chance. Um, but obviously, <laughs> mate, first of all, it's an amazing achievement to be a year down the line, and you know, we saw each other over the summer, didn't we? And uh, how amazing it was to see the recovery. How hard was it doing Snowden? Um, to be honest, I, I was quietly confident that I'd cruise up there, but I was probably being a bit cocky because by the time we got 
three hours in and we hit the snow and the ice, half the people had to turn back. We had to put crampons on, but then it was another hour-long slog to the top. And I don't think I've ever done anything as physically challenging as that before in my life. So, um, yeah, I don't think you would have got up that goody because there's a train, though, so you probably would have been on that. <laughs> so, Jacko, when you had your injury, and obviously we had you on the show uh, a few months ago when you were in the mix of making, obviously, the initial stages of your recovery or the middle stages. So the doctors mentioned 30% was what you were looking at in terms of recovery. So whereabouts are you now? I mean, walking like snow is, is a huge feat. So in terms of percentage or in terms of where you think you are now and where you can get to, how are we looking? Uh, if, I suppose if you were taking it off me as a professional sportsman, I'm probably still only at about 50%, something like that, 60%. But in terms of general life, you know, I'm completely independent um you know i can do what well, i'm basically just down to using a ankle brace that keeps gives me a bit of foot gives me picks my foot up on the left hand side i've managed to ditch the sticks and stuff for when i'm um walking around so yeah it's still all moving in the right direction and to be honest what the official official prognosis was in the early days then i'm probably at about 160 percent recovered um when you consider that and when you say it's all moving in the right direction obviously with a good lady as well that's you know being used yeah, well, we'll be getting um, we're getting married in July this year. So um, I, said, I accidentally said in the BBC interview that that was my next big challenge. So I'm sure happy with that. What marrying her? Yeah, exactly. I've got to survive the stag do first, which is definitely going to be harder than snow tonight. Well, I'm going to ask if me and Goody can come on the stag do. Don't worry about the wedding. It's always awkward, that isn't it? Like, you, you, who's coming, who's not? Invite them to the stag do, and then don't invite them to the wedding. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, you're more than you're, you're more than welcome on the stag do. But I, I was thinking about inviting Goody to the wedding, but the caterer said they can't do another thirty places. But <laughs> <so. laughs> it should be fasting. I think, mate, something's happening. He's come the, coming here today, and he's inflamed. So there's an inflammatory process. <laughs> That's going what happens on when right you get now. off a plane, isn't it? Your ankles swell up and everything. I think. Um, tell me about uh, Nepal as well, mate. You, are you going to Nepal in October to help build a spinal unit with the charity? Yeah. So. Um, there's a charity called Neverest, which uh, Charlie Davis, Wash and I, one of my mates, his dad's an orthopedic surgeon. He, he goes out to Nepal every year to help out, you know, since the earthquake. And they built an orphanage uh, two years ago. And now they're looking to raise money to build a spinal unit over there. So I'm getting on board with that, which is really exciting. We're going out to Nepal for two weeks at the end of October to meet everyone and see what needs to be done. And then hopefully line up a challenge for 2019, something in the Himalayas, maybe a base camp, something like that. Crazy man, mate. Yeah, yeah, that's class. Well, I climbed up Mount Kenya a couple of years ago, actually, and it was one of the hardest things I did in terms of the altitude. So, mate, fair play to you. And in terms of uh, the Paralympics, we mentioned it last time. A little bit unsure, but there's been a little bit of talk, a little bit of whispers. Is anything like that in the in the pipeline? Have you thought anything about that? Um, I haven't really thought into that um, in much detail. To be honest, I'm quite committed to um, just sort of commit myself to the charity work at the moment, and I'm really enjoying that. And um, also the sort of mentoring things I'm doing, bits I'm doing, speaking to people going through similar issues in hospital and speaking to the academies with the RPA. I'm sort of focusing on that at the moment. In terms of Paralympics, um, I'm not sure, maybe maybe further down the line, but my body's so messed up for rugby. It always confuses the physios why something's hurting or not or sore and they're like, so which joint hasn't been operated on? And it's pretty much just my right ankle. So I think I've got more issues from rugby injuries than I do from breaking my neck, to be honest. So that might help me hold me back a bit. Well, mate, Goody's having issues walking down the stairs as well. But, um, <laughs> mate, you mentioned the charity, um, obviously, Restart Rugby. So, am I right in saying you've raised £17,000 already? Yeah, it's been an amazing response. I set a target of five grand. I thought if we could get near that, it'd be great. And to, at, at this point, we've raised £17,000. And um, we're still waiting to hear from 
as an insurance company are going to come in and said they'll match fund a certain amount a certain amount of the total so hopefully we can get it up over 20 grand but i'm keeping it live at the moment and people are still um still donating so the response has been the reaction has been amazing yeah it has and just to let everyone know that's listening uh log on to www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash ed jackson eight to continue to donate pal yeah. ed jackson thank you very much for coming on the show mate really appreciate it and best of luck uh, with uh, your next endeavors mate cheers guys good luck with the hangovers boys <laughs> cheers, text jackson. me for the sag text me for the stack <laughs> please <laughs> yeah we'll do right. what a hero is he texting me for the stag? No, I think no. I'll go on it. You won't be. I'll, I'll try and get you on it, Jim. Okay, thanks. To be mate. honest, thanks, uh, I've had a good good stag with him in Vegas, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. Tom Vondale was there with the. Um, oh, that's not, no, I don't want. I don't want to hear about anything to do with that kind of stuff. But yeah. mate, Jacko, you know, one of them things, and we've seen it along the way. But you know, we mentioned Hammer before. We mentioned Doddy Weir, of course, that we're huge fans of as well. But you know, Jacko has just gone out there, hasn't he? And he and he's taken it to another level in terms of how far he's pushing his body and raising awareness because the restart rugby is actually it's big mm. and it's needed mm. and it's difficult isn't it because you get all these different things that fundraising things you get asking you donate can you support these things but now the power of social media and you're watching what people are doing it's all well and good remember in the olden days people used to knock on your door can you donate a quid a five I'm doing a marathon who knows if they're doing it Yeah. but now you're on social media he's saying he's up Snowdonia he's up Snowdonia yeah. You can see it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, what about he wants to do? Base camp Everest. Mate, tell the attitude that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you donated for a, a rugby jersey, didn't you? Well, not just a, not just a rugby just... jersey. A sweat-soaked Champions Cup final jersey. When you, when you say sweat-soaked, did Mara wear it? Or? <laughs> well, basically... Cruzo, Cruzo. Basically, Cruzo it, it was the nerves of, of maybe taking the field. But yeah, so I donated my final match jersey. Um, Good on you, Jim. Mate, great cause, great blow. Mm. Shall we uh, look at the premiership? Did you guys oh. manage to catch any of the footy over the weekend? Oh, I watched it all. Oh, all of it, mate. Yeah. Mate, oh. we were quiet. We I'll tell, tell you where we watched it, actually. On rugbypass.com. We did. did. We watched did. it on Rugby Pass, out in Great Hong site. Kong. What a website. What a, what a platform that is. They love it out there. Yeah, um, they, they do. Everyone's got Rugby Pass in Hong Kong, Asia. Watching the games, the compressed version of them. Oh, my Harlequins. Where do we start? Well, we'll I talk- only watched it this morning. I only watched the all the highlights this morning. Oh, my Quinns. So what did you make of that? I mean, Joe Marler came on uh, and apologised on Twitter afterwards to the fans. Not not a very impressive performance at all, going not down enough. to Irish. Not smashed. Enough. Mate, going down to Irish at home, that was the thing. I watched it back and... 35-5 against Irish. Mate, the defence was awful. Do you know what? A little t- tip of the hat to Irish because they've been poor throughout the year at times. Well, they've done the double over Quinns. Mate, they have. And it wasn't even close. No. So I watched it and I thought, oh, you know, there'll be, there was stuff around Rob Shaw's drop pass close to like, mate, that that was nothing compared the, the to... They're 20-odd points down, mate. Then. Exactly. It's the 78th minute. Yeah. That's the least of their worries. Their defence was awful. Uh, Danny Kerr gets simbined, almost gets sent off. Uh, gets simbined. What does he get simbined for? Uh, I think he, he got simbined for, there was a quick tap penalty. And he oh, that's right. He wasn't back 10. And then he back chatted yeah, to the ref. And the ref, right. ref was pretty lenient, actually, I thought. And then Charlie Matthews, the self-proclaimed enforcer. He gets simbined as well. Helmet. It was just a capitulation, mate. Of, there's, there's big pro- there is big problems there. Now, you look at Northampton, who have been through big problems this year, and they've got hosed again at the weekend, but they've done something about it. So they've gone and got in Chris Boyd as a head coach next year. They've got Dan Bigger coming. They've, they've the brought big- Christian Day back into the team. Yeah, they've got the biggest player in the world signing for the next year uh, that played for the Waratahs, the winger. Yeah. Nairovaro, absolutely steaming. Nairovaro. The Nairovaro. Um, but Quinns, you look at, 
there's big issues. John Kingston's that been there for a long, long time, and and you you look on social media and you speak to the fans and stuff, and they want to see a change. You look at that coaching setup, right? You got John Kingston at the helm. He's been there for. 20 years. I didn't uh, know Kingston Town's been there that long. He's been there long, I think long he might time. have changed. His profile might have changed over recent years. <laughs> well, he's put on a bit of timber over that time. It looks like he's eating Roundtree. <laughs> then you've got uh, Mark Maple Toft, who's the head coach. Tofty's been there 10 years at least. Yeah. You've got Nick Evans and Nick Easter, who are obviously players with a lot of rugby IQ. But they've been in the system, played, though. But they've only been in that system. And then, obviously, Graham Roundtree, who's been... Graham, Graham's... We know Wig very well. He's a very good coach, isn't he? Everyone that you speak to speaks very highly of him. But they've, they extended all their contracts, uh, the, the top boys, so Kingston and Mapletoft and that, earlier in the season when, you know, there was probably no need to, in reality. And there's no... They need an outside voice. I'm not advocating sacking people here. But they need an, a different voice that's a strong voice. Maybe they need a new head coach. John Kingston's part of the furniture there. Maybe he just needs to move a, a, along to a, a just a director of rugby role, not involved with the actual coaching side of it all. Uh, I don't know. It's hard. It is a spanner in the works. I'm going to throw it out there. Nick Kennedy, mate. Again, but they need some serious, serious rugby IQ there from outside of. He's been in that environment as well. I yeah. know he's been in other environments. Uh, I just think they need someone really experienced there. Lancaster, too. my mate, Lanny. Yeah, but then there's other issues. You know, you talk about some of the players, Rob Shaw, Marla. Rob Shaw apologised on social media, so did Marla. But the, mate, the, mate, say it, you mate care, come Dan, on. Danny Kerr, these are all senior, senior, senior players. Schwisser. With a load of international experience that um, next year people are tipping them. With Bristol coming up, and Bristol got confirmed this weekend that they're getting promoted into the Premiership next year. Uh, Quinns are in for a tough ride, I'll tell you that now. Mate, Hallwell makes a big difference for them when yeah. he plays. Massive difference, and he weren't playing at the weekend. Yeah, um, But they look, they got bullied by Irish. Irish were accurate at times, but, but just def- defensively, it looked like there was no care in the world to play for Harlequins from yeah. some of the players. Mate, Irish left two tries out there as well. It could have been two or three more. Yeah, uh, they, they got done for a forward pass early on that was, that was never, never a forward, forward pass. To, it was over the top, wasn't it? Yeah. To Mate, it was never Lewington. forward, yeah. yeah. Um, they yeah. could have been 50 at home, yeah. 50. Oh, oh. Uh-huh. Big questions though. Harlequins were poo, and Absolutely. Kingston Town, Kingston Town ain't got long in him. I don't think. Be interesting because they've extended his contract. They, you know they're gonna have to pay him out. Um, they, they have to make changes though. They have to. One problem to another uh, problem club. Saints things don't look like they're getting any better there for them. Oh, imagine getting. But they played all right first half. Forty-eight nil. They lost the second half. I I, think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what I'm looking. Well, I went to Christian Day's testimonial, so I feel like I've got. A slight affiliation. I've talked to him a couple of times. Mate, Sarri's played well second half. Loza, Lazowski at 13. Look, good. I ain't convinced he's a 12. I'm not. And is he a Saracens 10? He is. He's a backup 10 to Farrell. We know that. And he's good enough to be there. He looked class at 13. Yeah. Mate, he looked really good. I don't think 13, it's not his position now. But they're struggling there because Duncan Taylor's been injured. He came back on. He's nearly fit. Is he fit? Well, he, he, came, he came on. He was bench, on the bench. He had a helmet. <laughs> had a helmet on. But yeah, mate, Loz is a Lozowski's a quality player. Yeah. Um, involved in the England squad. Exciting. When he touches the ball, things happen, right? Yeah. So I think long term, for me, long term, and it depends how they evolve as a team. Brad Barrett's been the cornerstone at in their defence, in their back line for years now and as a 12. And at some point, he's going to be either injured or having to retire over the next couple of years or whatever. And for, for me, Lizovsky, I'd love to see him play 12 regularly. Yeah. Um, yeah. People talk at England with Ford at 10 and Farrell at 12. It works well on the front foot. It'll be a lot better if Lozowski was at 12 Told you, at 10. Told you, mate. Told you Ford's um, not good enough. Uh, but yeah, they were good. Um, Blair Cowan played seven. He was really good. 
Yeah, so Saracen's back up to second. Here we go, boys. Absolutely hosed Northampton. What is going on? They're all on the beach, aren't they? They're on holiday already. Oh, mate, you talk about Rob Shaw's drop ball. Tell Tamana Harrison that. Hands like slippers, mate. That's all I'm saying. It weren't just a drop, There was a saying, saying that we used to get told when we were younger. He had hands like cow's tits. Uh, do, cows have, do cows have tits? I thought they have udders. <laughs> well, exactly. Mate, you've got udders. <laughs> mate, what's going on with your arms? <sighs> I ate a lot of noodles in Hong Kong. Did you? I saw. I have seen thicker noodles than Jim's arms. Fucking embarrassing, mate. What's happened to you? Mate, Goody, at five o'clock in the morning. So I go out to a five o'clock one night with him in the morning and we're like, we're looking for food. He's eating a kebab and then in the taxi, he's eating a fab- family size bag of crisps with a marble light in his hand. <laughs> There's <laughs> such lies, Jim. Such I'm lies. Like, I'm like, Goody, are you all right, mate? Give me a drag of that, <laughs> lads. Absolutely dying. Newcastle's uh, 27 13 loss to Worcester. That um, surprising makes them makes it a little bit harder for them now, having to play all three teams around them in Sale, uh, Leicester, and Wasps going into the into the um, playoffs. Yeah, I think Falcons losing away at Worcester. Worcester have, in reality, you know, I know Irish won, but. You'd still say that Worcester was safe, but Falcons would be really disappointed with that because you know going there they had Sonotti, they had Gunnar, uh, Flood played tens. They, it wasn't like they had a half baked team; they had a full team out. And if you're a top four contender or want to be taken seriously, they're the games you've got to go and win. Especially getting to this knockout stage of the season where everyone's jostling for position. And there's you know you look at the top six now. Obviously, Bath have slipped away a bit, but there's you know there's seven teams there pushing for top six, and and it becomes interesting with the top four now because you know it's all about momentum. Leicester have got momentum. Um, I think they won their last five or something. You know, and you compare Newcastle's performance at the weekend, compare that to Leicester, who are outside the top four. They're going to Twickenham to play Bath, which effectively is an away game, and they absolutely hose them. So, you know, I think Newcastle should be. Yeah, you know, people would love to see them in the top four. Of course, they would. A new team in the top four would be great, but I think they'll be pinning their hopes yeah. on top six, and, and, and they, what, yeah. they play Sale on Friday night. Um, if my voice comes back, I'm commentating on it. Oh, wowzers. And then night out in Newcastle as well. Oh, I don't want to drink ever again. And Exeter have sealed their spot in the playoffs with a 46-10 win over Gloucester. Did you yeah. catch that? Yeah, I did. I watched the highlights a bit. Gloucester, I don't know. It's just one of them. The Ackerman effect seems to have worn off a little bit. Uh, Exeter do what they do. Hepburn got man of the match. Saw some of his clips. He looked really good. Jack Nile off the bench again. Yeah, exactly. So they, you know, Exeter, I don't know. I just didn't think they'd be able to sustain it this year. Having won the Prem last year, but they have. They're they're the leading team at the minute in all facets. Strength and depth. No real superstar players. Obviously, Simmons is coming through at 10 now as well. I think they just stick with him now, don't they, for yeah, the rest of the year? Oh, they got the, but I'm a fan of Steenson. Yeah. But the Simmons is, is the way forward. They've got to they've got to look at him. I don't know if what he's starting the big games. That's the thing now. Uh, they're not all big games now. Oh, they're, they're, but yeah, but they're top two, aren't they? Yeah. Extra on up first on 70 points. Saracens second on 62. And then the battle for third and fourth. Moss are back in the mix of not what, being in the top four. What, have I, what did I say? What did I say? Oh, got our next home games: Worcester at home this weekend, then Saints at home the weekend after ten points guaranteed. Well, oh, you. There we go. But someone has Jim. Someone has um, has approached me this week and said, "Episode sixteen. Do you remember what Jim said he'd do if Saracens didn't win the Champions Cup this year? What? Shave your head. <laughs> <laughs> Dig it out of the archives. Yeah. Dig it out of the archives. And you do it. And we'll put it online. And if that's the truth, the end of the season. You'll shave your head. I'll shave my head. There we go. Oh my days. And then I'll shave your head. And then I'll put your shoes on your hand. <laughs> I'll put I'll take your shirt off, I'll put your shirt on me, I'll put your rucksack on your back. Bend over and shut the <laughs> Leicester look like they're uh, timing their playoff run as usual, uh, pretty pretty well. Five in a row. Bait well effect. Yeah. Poor Deeks. Poor Deeks, eh? Thirty four nine. So what's happening with, with Brett now? He's coaching there still. But Baitwell's coming, mate, he's running the ship, isn't he? Is he really? 
No, I don't think he is. I think that everyone ex- externally are talking about Bakewell, aren't they? Like the BT Sport, the, they were looking at the different stats and stuff, but I don't think it's as, as simple as that. I think a lot of it comes down to a new voice. Look at London Irish at the weekend. Yeah. What they've done. You look at Gloucester when they came in, they had a new voice. Dean Gaffney comes into Northampton. Their performances did increase for, for a little bit. Um, Worcester, when... Um, Alan Solomons comes in and they, they performed. I think that that's what's happened with uh, with Leicester. But, I mean, Leicester have got good players as well. You know, Tamua, he's obviously a huge player for them. Veana coming back at Veanu. 15. Veanu. Veanu coming back at 50. Mate, yeah. he's, he's huge for the minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, i tell you what I like. Plotter. No, Plotter now. Plotter now. They're good, mate. Yeah, very good. good. Yeah, he's a good player. They, they dominated the set piece, didn't they? Ripped off to pieces there. Mate, how are we giving so much rugger bugger man on here, mate? So much rugger. I don't want to talk about Hong Kong as well. Oh, mate, I don't even want to think child. about it. I do not even want to think about it. Uh, are wasps, do you think Do you think they're wobbling now, Goody? Oh, they're wobbling. Nah. They are wobbling. Nah, well, there's a few injuries there. Sip's got absolutely banjoed at the yeah. weekend as well. He'll be, I think he'll be all right. But no, listen, we, we've got two home games now against Worcester and Northampton. Uh, no, we're not. We're not stuttering at all. Yeah, we've lost. We've lost a sale in the last. With the last play of the game, we went seventeen 0 up, and you know, fair play. Sale up, sale up. There's a tough place to go, isn't it? Right, it is. Especially on a Friday night. I went up there and won a few times. But, of course, yeah. you did, Jim, for the second team. Yeah. Um, but we've got Worcester at home this weekend, then uh, Northampton at home the following. Is this game. still we? Like, are you putting yourself alongside, as in we? I'm an ambassador. I am an ambassador for Wasps. So, I, that, so, so that's your club w- now. Wasps is my team. Yeah. Hey, hey, baby, Jim, Bow. That's what they were shouting, weren't they? <laughs> no, they weren't. Yeah. One of the they've only won one of the last four, though. That's not great form, though, is it? Um, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. We talk about momentum. No. Leicester, Leicester have got momentum with them. Saracens have got <laughs> Saracens, <laughs> Saracens have got momentum. Um, yeah, I think they'll be all right. You look at the games. Newcastle have got obviously got Sale at home this weekend. Then they've got Leicester away, I believe. Um, so the, Newcastle have got a tough one. Sale have got a horrendous run. Um, I think the top four will be as is. Uh, it just depends who finishes third um, and who fancies going to Leicester, uh, down to Exeter or who fancies going down to Sarries. Well, one of the lads that plotted uh, wasps down for over the weekend, uh, the fullback for Sale, Mike Haley, joins us. Thank you very much for joining us. Hi guys, how you doing? Good. Are you a big fan of the show? Do a lot of the boys watch, listen to it? Um, yeah, I think a few of the boys listen to it. Uh, Quates has always got it on, so... Uh, oh, got okay. Quates. Good man, Quates. We've got a fan in him. We've got one fan then up north. I can't, anyway, I can't <laughs> talk to you anymore. You beat my beloved Wasps. Over to Jim. <laughs> Mate, how was, that, how was that received at the weekend? Obviously, you boys did a job on Wasps in the last minute of the game. Um, good night out after. Yeah, yeah, it was a good weekend. Um, but yeah, I don't know, it was a weird one. We, um, I think it was probably a turning point in the season. I think maybe previous in the season, if we'd gone 17-0 down to obviously a side like Wasp, maybe we would have gone into our shells or, you know, maybe capitulated a little bit. But um, no, yeah, really, boys turned up and, you know, Ford's been a hell of a shift for us. So yeah, it was a great win. Obviously going 17-0 down and then you, you, you clawed it back just before half-time, didn't you? So it didn't even need dimes to rant and rave at half-time, did it? He was all right, so he was just uh, saying, right, this is what we're going to do second half. And I think for the first time, he said, right, we need to get out there and score straight away, and we actually did that. <laughs> With Bryn Evans charging down and scoring straight away, so it was a perfect uh, start to that second half. We just kind of built from there. And what's Steve Diamond like? Because he looks like a right angry uh, bar steward. And does he, mate, he's got, he brings his dogs to training, doesn't he? Is that right? Yeah, um, it's... So when I turned up when I was about 17 years old and the dog was in its prime, it was a bit more uh, terrifying, but now the dog struggles to get out of the back of the car, so it's not as bad. Knees are fucked. Um, yeah. yeah, but no, he's a good guy. He, um, he's pretty straightforward, you know, he is what he is and, you know, what you see is what you're going to get with him. Um, I, it's quite, I quite enjoy that, you know, you, 
you know where you lie with them. If uh, you're on the wrong side, then you know you got to put your head down and put do a bit of work to get on the right side. And yeah, I think at the moment all the boys are enjoying him, especially when you're winning. It's you know it's a nice environment to be around. And then just going back to my mate Quites, uh, who's involved heavily involved with the club, isn't he now? Is it true that his job each day uh, is just just to walk Dimes' dogs, or is that just a myth? All I see Quates ever doing is having a coffee on the balcony watching training. So. <laughs> That's all he ever did as a player as well, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I'm not uh, I'm not entirely sure what he does. Um, but yeah, you see him on the balcony, and then you know he has, he chirps with a few of the players around the uh, around the canteen. So um, you know he's got a good role in the club at the moment. And mate, you're obviously moving at the end of the season. You leave in Manchester quite quite a quiet night out. Um, heading to Munster, are you going to miss the Manchester nights out? I imagine there's uh, a few good haunts to to go to. Yeah, yeah, you know, Manchester's a hell of a night out, isn't it? Um, I think it's, from what I've heard, it's going to be very different to Limerick, I think, obviously. In Limerick, it's quite a small town. Uh, everyone knows everyone. So, uh, you know, Manchester's... Everyone's Manchester. related to everyone. Is that what you so. said? Yeah, everyone's related. <laughs> How hard was it to make that decision to, to go to Munster? Yeah, it was really tough. Um, but it was kind of one of them where, you know, I'm, obviously I'm leaving all my mates, and, you know, your family's around here, and, you know, my girlfriend and all that settled here. But then, as a rugby perspective, it was, you know, once in a lifetime opportunity where you can go to one of the, you know, the greatest clubs in Europe. Um, you know, they've got a great setup there. And I actually went over for the Toulon game, and you know, how good is that to you know, go go and watch and you know, hopefully be involved in that next year. So yeah, it's a great prospect. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's tough to move away from your boys' club, but it, it was one when I looked at the bigger picture. It was, it was, you know, I had to do it. And that that bigger picture involves hopefully playing for Ireland as well, doesn't it? Yeah, if I'm honest, I haven't really looked into it too much. That obviously, I, I needed to make sure. Um, that was 100% qualified um, because that is a, a big push. But well, I, can, I can tell by I the accent, a little bit like Jim's Scottish accent. Yeah, well, he's, he's been to holiday to Ireland, I'm sure, mate. <laughs> like, like me in Scotland. Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, he used to go quite a lot. But yeah, I'm not really thinking about it. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to make sure that I'm playing well at club rugby and then play well at club, club rugby. Uh, we'll just see what happens. And so so with that Irish connection, did they kind of headhunt you? Did you know that there was something there? Like, how did that all come about? Um... I think I'm not even too sure how they found out I was Irish qualified, but he ended up speaking to my agent, and then he got on to me, and then uh, I, I ended up speaking to Munster quite a bit, um, and then and as soon as I was kind of quite keen, then it was all like you know guns blazing, and they were they were pushing very hard for it, but it was equal from my side as well. You know, I was very keen to go, so you know, thankfully it worked out. Uh, and obviously going back to the Premiership, three games left. You've got Newcastle away Friday night, extra away, and Leicester at home. Tough running. Um, I'm commentating on the game at the weekend. Any anything for me? Any inside track on you boys? I think at the moment, because our fate's pretty much in our hands, isn't it? Because everyone we're playing is around us or above us. So every game now is, uh, is like a cup final. and We're just trying to take it game by game, not think far too far ahead. Um, so obviously, yeah, Newcastle away, the way they've been performing this season is going to be a hell of a hard game. So, you know, we're just making sure we rest up after this, after last Friday, making sure the bodies are right and then flying for the weekend. Did, did Eddie Jones get hold of you at all before you made your decision to, to go to Munster? No, no, no. So there's no chat from the England Rugby Union at all? No, but um, to be honest, I, I was—I've not been in the picture for quite a while. Like I'm—I'm I'm not, um, you know, I wasn't seeking out anything or anything like that. It was more like this is—it was my decision just to, you know, go to Munster. It was mainly the Munster attraction. Like, it's a fantastic club, and you know, go and put my head down over there and see what happens. Uh, good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Good luck with that, mate. All right, Mike. Thank Cheers, you very bro. much for joining us, mate. And best of luck. See if you can uh, crack that um, that green t- machine that's been going so well over the last twelve months. Cheers, fellas. The green machine. It's a green machine, isn't it? <laughs> right. Should we should we have a look at some news now then? There's no news out there. Saracen's a bit of news for you guys, isn't there, Jim? What's happened? Mate, what is going on there? What do you mean? Remgrove pulled out and uh, Nigel Ray's brought the 
50%. Back off the club? Yeah. But that's not big news. Of course it is. Well, no, they've made it big news this week. Yeah, it's big news. It's not as big as people think. It's well, not. Someone came out in the paper and said there's been a fallout from the South African custodian Remgro uh, with Saracens losing against Leinster in the quarterfinal and the performance is not being great. But that isn't the case. No. Because I've been involved with I'm an ambassador for Saracens. Go on then. I think it's as simple as this, right? In fact, I know it's as simple as this. So... We know Saracens have been losing money, haven't we? Yeah, well, breaking, the wage, breaking the wage cap. I mean, yeah. breaking the wage cap. I mean, have trips you? overseas, okay. parties, pre-season. Two, three million a year, say that that's and, what, and say what the deficit is. Six. Okay, six. Worcester lost eight. I know. And they're rubbish. Um, so, <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so we know there's been a few changes there. And I think that, I do I know that the South African consortium aren't happy? No, I don't think that's the case. I think that they're probably looking to take the club in different directions. Nigel Ray is getting on a little bit isn't he? So I don't know how much more he wants to give in terms of himself personally, but... His he's, just, he's just built, bought 50% of it. Yeah, but I, think, but I think the Ray family, that's what I'm trying to say. So I think that they want to keep it within the family. In fact, I know they want to keep it in the family. Lucy Ray um, is going to be doing a lot more at the club with her other company. They're merging. She looks after MBN events and it's a legacy to them. They've spoken of course about... It is, yeah. yeah, you know, they've spoken about how the club's going to look in 100 years' time. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a physician, but I don't know if Nigel will see what the club looks like in 100 years' time. I mean, he might do. He might do. He's obviously doing well for himself. But they're building a school that's going to be complete in September They're called the Saracen School. It's been a bit of a blip on field this year. A lot of that is the fallout of, of um, obviously, England not playing very well. But for me, as I think that it's a good thing. I think Nigel Ray having full control, and there's talk about them selling parts of the club. They're not just selling parts of the club. I think they'll look to bring people in that are going to be passionate about growing the club and that are doing it for the right reasons. And I think by Nigel Ray taking full control of that is is going to be the best thing that's, ha- that's going to be happen them in a long time. I, I think the only issue for me with it is um, this Remgro mob have pumped in a lot of money into it. Why, why are you calling them the mob? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this Remgro mob, they've pumped in a hell of a lot of money, haven't they? And you know what? They Over time, they've built culture with the money and success and broken wage caps. You're welcome, you're welcome, and apologies for that. Um, but here's the thing, those guys have been chucking money in willy-nilly. Nigel Ray did it at the start of Saracen's, his Saracen's tenure and didn't have the success, did he? Um, so, you know, how willing is Nigel and the Ray family to chuck the same amount of money in as the Remgro mob have, who, you know, ultimately have brought back-to-back uh, Champions Cups and, and various premierships off the back of building culture the success years ago but everyone knows but, but I, I disagree it, with you on that because you look at mate, so you're going to say it's going to carry on the backbone of that team have re-signed for the club anyway they play for England they've still got to afford it well yeah but of course they, so but, but is saying, Nigel Ray going to put in the same amount of money as them to, to balance the books is what I'm saying because the books aren't balanced they've, not, they've been losing 6 million a year yeah but it's not about that it's about of course it is no no it's about off the field though it's about commercially making the commercial part and this is the, the, the story about it it's not about on the field and how much they're getting paid. No, no, it's no, about well, off the field and commercially make, I'm, I'm, making the club right. I'm talking about the whole and business. And the fan though. base. As, well, the, the business is that. So they're, they're building a new uh, stand as well. And commercially, yeah, that's going to be what huge. I'm saying, all co- this all costs money. Of course it does. And that's, so, yeah. and my question is, is Nigel Ray and the Nigel Ray family going to put in the same amount of money as Remgro have? Because Remgro have put in a boatload of cash. No, they're, they're going to look for investment as well. Yeah. But what they're saying is they're not just going to get some randomers in or they're not just going to get a big company that's going to throw a load oh, of money. That, that your eyes. Are you getting aggressive now? No, a couple of beers, have you? No, I'm with you though. I'm with you, mate, in thinking, like, I feel guilty. Like, I do. You know, I've taken millions of pounds from that club to, to go there and play. <laughs> oh, I do, you know, and there's a guilt inside of me. 
that feels like I shouldn't have done that. You know, I've walked away with four trophies in three seasons. And they pay you in yen. And look at me now. You know, I'm established in the in, sh- in showbiz. I mean, that's what it is oh, now. I mean, uh, honestly, a, a so... lot of that. So I've got. A, so what I'm trying to say is, I've got a, a lot to thank for the club, and I can tell you, hand on heart, that Nigel Ray and the mob, as you called them. The mob that I've met anyway are good people. and they've uh, got, they've I'm, got not good dis- I'm not disputing that. What, all I'm saying, the question marks are, the Rembro mob are putting a boatload of money to get Saracens to where they are now. And Nigel Ray's taken 50% back of it. Has he got the same cash? Yes, he has. Has he got the same willingness to just chuck the money in to balance the books? That's my question. Yeah. Let's talk about Worcester. Eight million. Yeah. To who? No news on ownership either. To who? Francois Hugard. Mate, <laughs> fair enough then, because yeah. he's all right, mate, ding-a-ling-a-ling. Well, they've paid, they've had to pay coaches out and stuff, and of course, yeah, I mean, that's, did, that's did a they club. Pay, did they pay you out? No, I did my three-year contract. But they, they paid you out, didn't they? No. Oh, I thought you got paid out. Did you sue them? No. You're horrible, mate. What are you talking about? So, you're dem- so Worcester's demise. So I, I spent three years at Worcester. I got them promoted back into the Premiership, I thank you. Did you? Then I kept them in the Premiership for did two you get years. Paid out? Did you get paid out? No, I did my three years, came to the end of my contract, and Richard Hill didn't want to sign me, so I went to Wasps. Okay. Next year, what happens? I kicked the conversion for Wasps. Night, night, no biscuit, Worcester. So, it's all, getting, so it is down to you. I, did, I didn't it, celebrate it, though. In a roundabout, yeah, I saw I that. Didn't, I didn't celebrate it. Um, but no, no, Worcester are a club that, off the field, they've got good things going for them. We spoke about Where? Commercially off the field. Oh, mate, we did the thing at the yeah. club, and commercially, the, and they've got good people. Yeah, I was shocked. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Today came out, or the other day came out, eight million. Yeah, everyone's talking about Saracens losing all that money, and I was thinking, oh, well, what's everyone's talking about? Wasps, obviously, with the Rico, are they folding? You mentioned they were folding, didn't you? Are you absolutely dreaming? <laughs> Stop throwing. <laughs> Stop throwing hand grenades out there that aren't true. I know you're still pissed. I'm not. With your little feeble arms. I'm not. I'm just looking, and your little I'm just, chicken legs. I'm just looking for a bite. I'm just how, looking for a bite with your others. How do you lose <laughs> eight million? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the because their stadium's awesome as well. Yeah, they've got the indoor facility. They're well placed. They, they've spent. A, I know they've spent a lot of money off the field in terms of developing the facilities. Did they have to pay Dean? Dean Ryan was on. How much? Some whack. What? Uh, well, four four fifty. I've heard. Okay. All right. Um, but he walked away, didn't he? I'm walking away from the, the troubles, troubles in my life. And there is some right now, isn't there, Jim? Uh, in your life, big in time. Yours. Let's go to the rumour mill. You guys got any rumours floating around? Oh, I've got loads. Absolutely yeah. loads. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cipriani. You were telling me about George Cruz Leicester, leaving Saracens, were you? No, he definitely won't be leaving. Oh, okay. Um, Brian Habana. He follows me on Twitter. Yep. Did, did he follow you? I don't know. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I'm not no, bothered. No, he doesn't, no. Um, well, like you probably said, up, Brian Habana, please may follow me. I'm Jim Hamilton. I've played 63 times for Scotland. Surprisingly, he, he skinned me once. <laughs> Surprisingly. Uh, yeah, I heard Brian Habana to Bath. Um, there's a bit of a rumour. Yeah, you could see that. You could see that happening. Anything from you, Jim? We'll say, mate, there's nothing out there. Mate, I could, we could throw a cat amongst the pigeons. Go on, then. Throw a cat amongst the pigeons, Jim. Dylan Hartley to Worcester. Oh, we, we did that before. Okay, well, do you throw one in? Joe Simpson. He ain't happy at Wasps, is he? No. He ain't happy. Might be leaving to go to Ealing Trailfinders. Really? To go to where? Ealing Trailfinders. Why? Uh, well, that's where his family's from. So he's, yeah. Mate, my family are from north of Scotland. I ain't going back up there. Uh, your family ain't from Scotland, mate. Why is he going to Ealing for? Well, I don't know. He's, uh, you know, the rumours is he wants to leave Wasps because uh, he wants more game time. They've got loads of cash. Apparently they made a hot, hot offer to Haskell as well. Did they? Mm. Mate, Haskell's, hey, he's, he's going to have to come back on to him because he... He's just got engaged. Oh, has he? Yeah, he got engaged. Oh, I can't t- wait for the wedding. Took his missus to Paris. Well, he's going to definitely need a club then, isn't he? He is. He's going to need a club and we might need to get him back on because his options are running thin now. Well, I think I think something's done. But oh, just... come on, oh, then. Go on, come on. Oh, no, listen, decent players. Whisper to me and I'll say it. 
You're gonna. It's time for Worcester. <laughs> it's time for Worcester. You I didn't say anything. Mate, they're eight million pound in debt. I, I didn't say anything. Mate, he's gone for peanuts, isn't he? No, I don't know. I don't know. Listen, I, you know, it, you it know. surprises me that it's not nothing's been announced yet. Haskell's a quality player. You, know, you look at clubs that have struggled this year: Quinns, Northampton, Worcester. Someone, Wasp. someone of his passion and his ability, you should be offering him a deal. He's, he played for England in the Six Nations. I mean, you know, it does surprise you that. Some, with the likes of him. I was going to ask Mike Haley then actually about uh, Sips because the rumours he's going back to sale as well. Yeah. Well, he, uh, he got absolutely ball banged at the weekend. He, he did, didn't he? I hope he's all right. Should we rip into the social media? Oh, then? let's rip, yeah. mate, let's rip, rip it, it, mate. Let's yeah, rip yeah, it, yeah. Let's bloody yeah. rip into yeah, it, yeah. eh? Jack Pike has tweeted, and should Marcus Smith be sent to New Zealand franchise to develop his career in exchange for someone like Bryn Gatlin, etc.? Use this Quinn's partnership to help make him an all-round player. Well, should he go to no. New Zealand? Absolutely not. But they've just signed that deal with New Zealand, haven't they? I see what you're saying. I've got, I've got a feeling he'll play in the World Cup. I've got a feeling Mark Smith will be in the World Cup squad. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see, Listen, he's, he's at Quinns, playing Premiership Rugby week in, week out. You know, he wants to play for England. You, you learn through this journey. If he wasn't getting any rugby here, send him. And I think a lot of that is going to do. It's going to be to do with players that perhaps need rugby over the summer months here and can go and play. It used to be called... Mighty 10 Cup. ITM. It's basically the, yeah, Mighty, the National Mighty Provincial Mighty Championship. Yeah, I mean, that's Mickey Mouse, isn't it? Mm. So there might be some Quinns boys go and play the summer there at times, you know, with long long term injuries or whatever. But and it, I think it will work a lot the other way with some boys coming this side, um, you know, when Quinns boys are, are away with England etc. And, and trying to strengthen it that way. But Marcus Smith going to play in New Zealand, I, I think he needs to stay here in England and and keep developing and playing Premiership rugby week in week out. Dave Pretty, uh, the pro. Ten has tweeted in. Did Jim Hamilton get those vicious-looking legs out in Hong Kong? And has Nando's offered him a sponsor on them yet? Well, it went viral on social media. Me just doing a leg extension exercise. Um, so a lot of people saw it. I was asking where good he was. What the hell were, were those legs? I was in the gym in the morning with Mills. What the hell were those legs? With Milo, Milo. I thought they looked pretty good. That's why I put it up. Little chicken legs. I've yeah. seen more meat on the the buffet at the Chinese, or you can eat. I tell you that for fun. No, I'm sure you have. I know. I'm sure you have. Did you train when you were there? Of course I did. What? I trained to drink harder than anyone else. Five o'clock morning kebabs, and then I was like, you come in for breakfast? Absolutely no chance. <laughs> no. Goody, what are you having for, having for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it's, right, it's a rock and roll lifestyle, Goody. That's what people love about you. That's why they're all screaming at you in the South Stand. They do. What, they're right. shouting you something, something? Goody, Goody, <laughs> you hero, <laughs> you hero. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of the rock and roll lifestyle, Cillian Welsh has tweeted in, uh, how many ladyboys was uh, Jim Hamilton found in dark corners with during the weekend in Hong Kong? No comment. What are you, what are you no comment. comment, about? What are you no about? comment Joe Bananas, yeah, no comment. That? What was that? Who are we talking about? Nick Davidson has tweeted in, uh, do you think Bristol will be the best prepared promoted side yet? No. Um, oh, I think they'll have the best squad coming up from the championship in history. You've got Charles Piatel, Stephen Luadua. Friend of the show, Madigan. Yeah. Hey, Madigan. Um, yes, the, the players they've got going there and the players that are already there, they've got the makings of being the best promoted team on paper. But, like we've seen, on paper and in reality, the Premiership, week in, week out, can be a completely different beast. And, you know, you look at... They, they have lost a couple... Of, they lost one game, I think, to Jersey in the Championship. They've had a few close runs as well. But, you know, no, no doubt next year they are going to be comfortably more competitive than London Irish have been at times this year. Um, and London Irish, you know, they made the change late. They've had a big victory over Quinns. You know, they've had the first day victory over Quinns, didn't they, at Twickenham? Uh, but then in, in between, they've, the quality of their squad has, has come through as not being 
competitive enough in the Premiership, but Bristol's will be. So teams like Quinns, teams like Northampton, who have struggled this year, Worcester as well, they'll be seriously uh, taking a look at themselves to how they can improve over next season, over pre-season as well, because next year uh, the standard of of the Premiership is going to be better by having Bristol in it, I think. I think they'll ring fence at Goody. I don't think they should. I'm dead against that. Uh, Petrus Duplessis has uh, tweeted in, uh, how many brownie points have you two accumulated to uh, live the showbiz life at the Hong Kong Sevens? How many brownie boxes has Goody hitting at the Hong Kong Sevens? Um, <laughs> what did he say? How many brownie points have you two accumulated to the live... Are oh, you telling me live, about that? You were telling to live, me? not to live. <laughs> I think to live the uh, showbiz life is what he's saying. Um, yeah. This is what you're telling me about Petrus Duplessis, wouldn't you? What? Para's a decent boy. I mean, terrible at productions, but... Yeah. Decent boy. Um, and you said he's properly under the thumb, isn't he? He's not allowed to do anything. Oh, yeah, no, he's, he's allowed to do stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, well, yeah, he's allowed to go out and do stuff. But there, it, it goes like, it's called a pass, isn't it? So you go to Hong Kong and we see a load of lads there and you can see they are getting loose as a goose. They've been given the pass by the missus. They've obviously had to go through some hardship to get that pass. You get mates who don't I, get a pass. They're I don't not allowed you, to mate. go. I was, we were working. That's my point. Yeah. There's no pass needed. There's no brownie points. I'm out there working, love. Out there working, earning money for the fam. That's what we do. Twins to pay for. So I didn't go home with a Toblerone. I didn't go home with a Louis Bajon handbag. Did you not? No, why why should I? It's working. I'm out there working. Yeah, head down. You know, Beck's looking after the twins and after JJ and Phoebe. What am I getting bought? (laughs) Four kids. Mate, I ain't getting bought anything. Four kids. Well, let's uh, finish things off with what's been good, what's been bad, and what's been ugly in rugby over the last week. Oh, I know what's coming. Do you? I know what's coming in the bad or the ugly, yeah. Do you now? Yeah. Um, the good this week, Bristol uh, getting promoted after they beat Nottingham and even lost to Doncaster, so they confirm their promotion back to the Premiership. Why is that good? They've spent millions of I pounds know, in the got, championship. You've got a nod, nod yeah, oh, I ain't doing t- that. Tip of the hat to I ain't doing this that. This is my segment, Stop mate. saying to... Oh, right, Shut the hat. <laughs> right, go on then. Uh, what else is good? Leicester have won five in a row now uh, in the Premiership. Dominant scrum at the weekend, a bit like the old days, Jim, when you were uh, watching from the well, sidelines again the, for Leicester. Behind Coley. Yeah, they're in the form team at the minute. Uh, but for me, the good this week has to go to Exeter. Uh, the Chiefs, an expected win over Gloucester, but the fact that they're the first team to secure the semi-final berth and they're eight points clear and Jim's written them off all year. Um, for me, the good this week goes to Exeter. Jack Noel starring with two tries on his comeback, but they look like the team ready to go. All right, I thought you were going to say Hong Kong. Was going to be the good. I don't want to talk about Hong Kong. Okay, yeah, yeah that's not. Home, yeah, we'll let it all. Uh, the bad. Two places to go, isn't there, really? Start off with a team that has featured in the bad quite a lot this year. Uh, Northampton. Northampton. Yeah. Knew it. It has to be. They have to be mentioned. They've shipped over 50 points against Saracens for the fourth time this season. The most points they've ever conceded in the Premiership and their biggest ever defeat. Um, absolutely annihilated. I think they lost the second half. 48 nil, so pretty embarrassing. Uh, but the bad this week has to go to Quinns, uh, losing by 30 points at home to the team that looks like they're getting relegated. They lost six of their last seven in the Premiership. Big issues at the club. The rumours of Joe Marler storming up to speak to the CEO when he got substituted. And when you're losing to Irish by 30 points at home, who haven't won a hurt an away game, I think in about 24 uh, in the Premiership, not good stuff. Um, and then the ugly, uh, only one real place to go. Ugly this week. Israel Falau. Yeah. Suggesting that God's plan for gay people is that they'll be going to hell unless they repent their sins and turn to God. And there's been a massive fallout about it. Obviously, the big thing in Australia over the last six months has been the gay marriage issue and the vote to make it legal. Uh, and it got passed. And Israel Falau is a devout Christian, doesn't believe in and it. We, and we didn't have a problem with this. Well, I didn't have a problem with his first 
initial tweet and we spoke about it on here yeah. because you're entitled to that. And Nigel Owens came out and said that you're entitled to free speech. That's yeah. part of the free world. Yeah. But saying they're going to hell is absolutely ludicrous. I mean, that's not amen, is it? No. No, that's not, <laughs> amen. not amen. That's not amen. Uh, so the ugly of the week goes to Israel Falau. All right, well, we'll finish it up there. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out eventbrite.co.uk for all the details on the upcoming live shows. We did not go to Hong Kong. You didn't. Don't go to Hong Kong. Go to Hong Kong. I love Hong Kong. I love it too. Bod, bod, bod. $10. Bye.